Welcome to our special Shop Talk edition of the OmniTalk Spotlight Series, the series that spotlights the companies, the people, and the technologies that are shaping the future of retail, or said another way, the series that brings you tomorrow's companies today. I'm your host, Chris Walton. And I'm Ann Mazinga. And we are the founders of OmniTalk. And today's podcast is brought to you with the partnership and support of our Shop Talk sponsor, Meta. Discovery Commerce matches products to people, not just any people, the people most likely to love your product. When you turn on Discovery Commerce, you turn discovery into demand. Is your business ready? Find out how at meta.com slash discovery commerce. Okay, folks, today we are pleased to bring you a company called Afresh that builds itself as the fresh operating system built specifically to help grocers increase sales, empower store teams, stock fresher food, and reduce waste. And joining us to fill us in on exactly what all that means is a fresh CEO and co-founder, Matt Schwartz. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's great. We've wanted to get you on the show for a long time. We've talked to your team, team a couple times, and it's great that we're finally pulling the trigger for Shop Talk in advance of the show and sitting down with you today. I've heard nothing but good things about the show, and I know that we have a bunch of good mutual connections and, and folks like James McCann of the world, so I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, Midas McCann, we call him here yes, at OmniTalk. That's right. <laughs> that just turns to gold. Um, oh, wow. Well, man, I want to hear your story, though, and your background. How, how does one get into you know, AI and the grocery business? Tell, tell us your background. For me personally, the thread that connects my story is a huge desire for impact. And it's that desire for impact that brought me to food in the first place. My belief is that food shapes the world more than any other industry. And from an environmental perspective, the amount of energy, water, and land that goes into growing and distributing our food, it's absolutely immense. And from a human health perspective, food shapes our day-to-day experience of the world and is the single largest non-genetic determinant of our longevity. Hmm. And so for those reasons, I've always believed that improving our food system is the single biggest lever arm we have to improve the health of the planet and the health of people. And so it's that obsession with food that's motivated by this deep desire to have impact in my life that ultimately brought me into the food industry generally And then the story of how I came from that interest in food to the specific set of problems and theses that we have at Afresh is a little bit of a longer story, but I'll pause there. I can get into that, but that's a little bit Yeah, no, please do. I'm curious because I'm I'm curious, like when, so, you know, if that's your passion, like when did that passion first take root either entrepreneurially or career-wise, like where did it all start? As a kid, I was a, a finicky eater. And uh, I found that eating better was this unlock for me to become a better version of myself. And that was something I've always wanted to give back to people. Um, And after graduating from college, I started my career at Bain in a consulting role, quickly kind (laughs) of packed on a few pounds, uh, working long hours, and kind of remembered and kind of went back to this idea of nutrition. And I started actually putting together evidence-based nutrition plans for friends and family on the side. I was really getting into the science of it. Mm. Um, And I had an idea to start a snack food company Mm. that would be good for losing weight, but really satiating and low cost. It would be accessible to everyone. And um, I wanted to do it, had no idea how to work, you know, how to start a company or work in food. So I actually went and 
uh, became as an extern, this cool program that Bain has, where you can go work at another company. I was the first em- uh, employee at uh, a company called Simple Mills, the first kind of oh, like yeah. non-intern type employee that does uh, almond flour baking mixes. And now they've expanded into a whole bunch of other product lines, um, including the frosting that I um, formulated while I was there. So anyways, like oh, wow. um, that company was amazing. And Caitlin Smith, the CEO there, she's incredible. And I got a firsthand experience just getting to see her in action and, and understand how to build a company. So did that. And then I did end up starting my own snack food business. It was called Stat Foods. Uh, the idea was to leverage food science to make processed food for good and not evil. We did protein bites like before protein bites were a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, anyways, long story short, got into Stanford at the same time. Uh realized I couldn't be a full-time business school student and start this company. And I also was entering a joint degree in food and environment at Stanford earth, where I was kind of learning about the food system through a more academic lens. Wow. And all of that coalesced into the ideas behind Afresh, which at the highest level is there's this kind of hidden divide in the world and in the food industry that nobody really talks about where there's kind of two kinds of food. There's, processed foods. Right. And those are derived typically from row crops like corn, wheat, rice, soy, sugar. And then there's specialty crops like produce. Um, but there's also then, you know, meat, bakery, food service, deli, and bringing us all the way back to retail. Now that hidden divide ends up looking like the divide between the center store mm-hmm. where all of the non-perishable products are and the perimeter, which is where all of those fresh categories are. And the giant realization was, hey, fresh is the thing that everybody wants is what distinguishes a retailer from Amazon online. And at the same time, all of the technology that serves critical functions in retail was built for the center store. Yeah, that was such a weird divide. And it causes all of these massive problems on a global scale. And so we thought, hey, can we build a fresh food first technology company in the modern era, leveraging artificial intelligence and other techniques, drive efficiency in a way that would massively reduce food waste and multiply the profitability of retailers at the same time. Yeah, because the other part of that too, that divide is it's also the big source of profit loss for most of these grocers too, right? With the spoilage and the waste that goes into those categories and that's not good for the environment either. But so, so, okay. So talk to you, talk to us then about like, what, what is it specifically that your platform does? Overall on the highest level, when we talk about our fresh operating system, what we're talking about is this interconnected suite of solutions that's taking every core activity for the grocer and moving them out of a manual paradigm, where that's paper and pen or Excel mm-hmm. and an intuition driven paradigm where mm-hmm. people might be making guesses to make decisions right. and leveraging digital ecosystems and uh, artificial intelligence to make decisions. That's kind of like the, the loftier, bigger description of our suite of products okay. to talk really concretely about our first product that's in market and live with our customers today. It is a store level ordering solution for produce. So specifically what this does is it optimizes the quantity of every fruit and vegetable item in the produce department, all hundred percent of the department, the retailer uses a fresh, our system to place a profit maximizing waste minimizing order for each produce item every day that they place an order. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so where does it, where does the AI come into the equation then within that process? I'm curious, because that's always, you know, AI is a buzzword that gets thrown around. Like, how are you guys actually using it in that, in that context? 
AI certainly is a buzzword and it's a little bit of a shame because at the same time there is real science out there and uh, you know our co-founder Vladimir was a uh, PhD in AI from Stanford and now professor in AI at Cornell Tech and we've published in the foremost conferences in the world so a lot of people say AI we find ourselves kind of battling it because yeah. you know we, we believe that we really have that core to our DNA real real AI and that's what's underneath it well, that's why I'm asking too, Matt, just yeah. to give some, and give the audience some perspective too. Like, cause I can remember working at Target, you know, and being involved in the perishables inventory planning and replenishment and, you know, them trying to design uh, systems and whatnot that would go into it and do that. But, you know, most of those were just like alg basic algorithms or math on a spreadsheet and they'd try to supplement the orders at the store level. But, but you guys, I, I imagine have a whole nother wrinkle that you're adding to it. So yeah, I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. And if I pull up one quick second, just to kind of talk about it at a higher level, artificial intelligence is really important and fundamental to our system and very differentiated. But the broader thing that is the special sauce for us as a company is this idea of holistic system design for fresh. Okay. And when you think fresh first, it actually makes every part of your system different, not just the algorithms and the AI, but actually what does the workflow look like? What does an integration look like? How do I maintain inventory? Do I even need to maintain perpetual inventory, which is right. something that retailers do. Um, we don't actually require perpetual inventory. And so there's this giant revisitation of the entire question of how this ecosystem needs to work. And that is the real innovation that we've brought. Now within that, AI plays very important roles and is very differentiated in that we use artificial intelligence to do better demand forecasts than anything else out there. Forecast, but again, going back to the differentiation, it's not just the forecast, it's also even the inventory. Actually understanding inventory position is an incredibly challenging thing to do. If you were at Target, then you know this, this might be, might've been the biggest problem you're tackling is yeah. simply asking how many bananas are in the store right now? How many salmon fillets mm -hmm. are actually in the store right now? Right. Nobody knows that. No. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the biggest innovations we've done is create a workflow that combines existing store labor, the existing people in the stores um, with their existing workflows and then using AI to predict inventory um, to understand what might be in the store to then drive a workflow that leverages the machine and the person to, um, to come together to get an approximate understanding of inventory position that's good enough to place good orders. Um, and then the other part of that is making AI for systems that can handle the uncertainty of a not perfectly known state. You know, it, it, for- That's key, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Matt, yeah. Can, can you drill down to that a little bit? You said it doesn't disrupt the current workflow. Like how does the platform plug into, like if I'm an associate, I'm, you know, I've yeah. been working at, we'll say Target again, Target for, you know, six weeks or something. How, how is my day-to-day -day changing as I'm going in and, and learning how to implement uh, the Afresh yeah. platform? For a lot of retailers, the current paradigm, it's either one of two things in, in produce or in Fresh. They either have an, like an intentionally manual process where they have a paper order guide, they go count inventory item by item every day, yep. and then write it down and then use their judgment to place an order. And then they redundantly scan it in on some machine. And then the other paradigm is that they've implemented a system that is supposed to do automated ordering or assisted ordering, but that gets close to zero adherence. And so they end up doing that same process either way. 
And so that's the exact workflow we piggyback on. So if you're, if you're a produce manager in a store, what you would do is receive a tablet. The fresh iPad has a, uh, okay. the fresh app on it. Hmm. You would that's go initially take an intelligent inventory step where we ask you to count inventory for a select number of items. Um, and then that's guided by the AI. And then you would receive optimized order recommendation quantities for every item, which you could then review. And we actually don't want them to accept 100% of the items. This is another big design for fresh type moment is we actually believe in the judgment in many cases of the store level associate or manager to, you know, the berries might come in moldy or they might have not received something that the system thought they did or the cash register had wrung out a bunch of stuff as organic when they were conventional. And so the reality does not match what's happening in the digital world. And so in those instances, we actually do look to the, to the store associate to use his or her judgment. And then they go through that process and hit submit on the order. And that gets routed directly to their order management system or, or warehouse. Hmm. Matt, I got a question for you. Cause like, I remember one of the big issues with trying to un unlock the code on this was always the seasonal events, right? Either the big seasonal events, like the 4th of July, Easter, whatnot, or even more problematic, maybe the local events that no one at headquarters even has the faintest idea are happening. And all of a sudden you need yeah. like, you know, 10, tw 20 pounds of yeah. T-bones or <laughs> right. something, you know, I'm making this yeah. up, but like, how do you guys help with that? Yeah. The restaurant down the street runs out of T-bones yeah. and says, right. I need to get my T-bones from somewhere. May as well go to the grocery store. Yeah. I think this is the, this is the challenge of fresh. You're mm -hmm. talking about, uh, and what you're talking about is actually both uh, inconsistency and variability in supply side. So like, is the fruit available right now? Or is it even on, is it on a good deal right now? Am I getting a good price? And then there's also inconsistency on the demand side. Like, am I going to sell more of it because of this holiday? And uh, the result of that is that historical systems that say they apply AI to the space, they might apply it to a demand forecast, but they're still in this non-fresh paradigm where mm. Cheerios are not, are not seasonal. Like you have a planogram, a schematic with a set number of facings for Cheerios, and that is unchanged for six months. And that means that your forecast might be different if for whatever reason, there's a Cheerio craze on TikTok or something like that, but it's pretty constrained. If it's starting to be cherry season for the first time of the year, what week is cherry season going to start? Like, is it going to be a good one? Is it going to taste good this year? Are they available? What's the price at? How are they going to display it? You're going to add a, ter a secondary or tertiary display at the last minute. Is that captured anywhere digitally? So all of a sudden you're in this foundationally different domain where you need to have a much more dynamic forecast on the demand side, but you also have to be able to account for the dynamics of the supply side in the merchandising environment, which is really, really fast moving and volatile and involves a lot of judgment calls as well. And so that's where you can start to see that, hey, it's not about just having a better fresh forecast, although that's a critical part. It's necessary, but it's not sufficient. What you really need to have is holistic ecosystem that can handle the really dynamic nature of fresh food. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. There's so many more components that you have to tabulate here versus say the standard dry box on, on the grocery store shelf. And are they plugging in, are they already plugging into other systems then within the overall store operations? Like, are you able to plug into like a promotion system or something where, you know, okay, I do need to set up like a, some kind of stand in the middle of my produce section to sell the cherries because they are going to be, we did get a good deal and they are going to be good. Like are, how are your, yeah. your clients tying those together? 
Yeah, this is a really great question. And it's also something that I'm really excited about on our product roadmap and, and sort of what, how this fresh operating system evolves from what started as a point solution, but is already expanding out into so much more. And right now we do take promotional data. We take all the data we can get okay. that's available. The challenge is that all of the systems and structures that are in place are really foundationally built for non-fresh. So mm -hmm. grocers often have nice digital schematics and order guides for non-fresh items right. where there's a set planogram. But again, cherry season comes. Uh, I always end up getting obsessed with one. In these interviews, right. Like another time I just talked about broccoli a lot. Cherries, <laughs> at least I sound a little bit cooler because like cherries are yummy broccoli. It's like, who's this guy peddling a bunch of broccoli on people? Anyways, um, so so yeah, with, that, with those cherries, um, there's not really a good existing digital system that's going to say dynamically, we got this hot buy of cherries that like we executed on buying a few extra loads because the distributor had a few extra. And so we're going to stand up a tertiary display. And oh, by the way, the holding power of the shelf is dynamically changing to this. And oh, yeah, by the way, yeah. we're going to carry three different varietals from these different folks right now. And we want to make all that happen in a week and make it all happen in, a, in a, or right. even in the timeline of days. And so historically, what we've had to do is find ways either in the store level workflow or in other ways to figure out how to get that data in the system or in the very worst case scenario, build a workflow where there's enough control from the store level user to use his or her judgment in cases where the system couldn't come, you know, couldn't uh, provide a recommendation. What so we've other... now expanded to do though is, is actually build workflows for the corporate folks. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, order guide management, merchandising management, things like this that start to enable fresh first data entry, fresh first kind of workflows, not just for the store level teams, but increasingly for corporate level folks. And so those are some of the things that are, um, you know, expanding and, and uh, uh, you know, this some of our vision for the, for the future to kind of build all of this ecosystem together. So Matt, if I, if I kind of click into that a little bit, what you said too, the other motif I'm, I'm pulling out of that is actually the companies that are using your, your tools. And I want to talk about who those are and any lessons you can share from that in, in the next question. But, um, but I, I take it from that, that part of what's happening here is this is actually giving more autonomy to the store individuals at the local level to make better decisions and own their business more right. as the managers of say, let's go back to your favorite analogy. Now cherries, like the managers of the cherry department, of course, there's no cherry department, but you guys <laughs> punchline to the joke of the point I'm trying to make is, is that true? Is that an, a nice outcome from the usage of, of your system? Yeah, I, I think you're, you're spot on. This is something that historically a lot of technology built for retail or retailers has kind of just turned store level employees into automatons. Yeah. Doers. And yeah. Just doers. And it's, it could be really menial, tedious work mm -hmm. at a fresh, we believe things are a bit different. Like we think at store, you always want to be more efficient and, and grocers operate in an incredibly competitive and, and tight budget environment. But we want to, as much as we can, enable them to create superhuman store associates, enable them to really thrive. And if you think about like the retail experience that you want to have, you don't want the technology to handicap you from doing things that would be awesome for your business. Like every grocer, every merchandiser, yeah. 
Yeah, or opportunities. We'd love to say, oh my gosh, the cherries we just got, they taste amazing this year. Like this is going to be bumper. Folks are going to be, and this it sounds kind of crazy coming outside of the industry. It's like, are people going to really go talk about these cherries? But it ends up happening. Like people get the best batch of cherries and they want to come back to the store and get them again. They tell their friends. And so if you get those really good cherries, you actually do want to take action and change them. Historically though, if you're trying to put fully automated systems in place, like to be able to dynamically adjust on the fly, both your merchandising strategy and your uh, operational and replenishment strategy to adjust course, there just was no capability to do that. And so what you'd end up seeing is maybe the regional smaller or mom and pop grocers where they don't have these systems, they're not encumbered by them. They might have a really talented produce manager or cherry manager and, and be able to get in there and, and adjust course. What we're saying is, why can't we have the best of both worlds? Why can't we build a system for fresh that's tailored for this dynamic environment that can be flexible and empower those people to make superhuman decisions um, and assist them uh, instead of getting in the way? And so that is, uh, I think your question's spot on. And that's like the future that we want to drive to. Got it. That's cool. Well, Matt, tell us a little bit about some of the big announcements that we've heard from Afresh as of late. Um, Albertsons, Cub and others. What, what can you tell us about them? Yeah, I'm very excited about a lot of the new retailers that we've announced, including, but not only, you know, Albertson's Cub, Bashes, um, uh, uh, Save Mart. So uh, yeah, I think we're really excited to be working with these awesome retailers. I think Albertson's obviously one of the largest grocers in the country or world. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really excited about that. And rolling out chain-wide with them after having um, demonstrated a lot of value for them with the system. So we believe that we're in this inflection point for us as a company where uh, we've proven that this technology creates absolutely game-changing and transformative results when it comes to, it, it sounds kind of, it sounds a little trivial, but like on a base level, there was some question for us when we started the company of, for those in the know about how complicated Fresh is, yeah. like, could can you actually do Can this? you do it? Um, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, to, to now it's a question of, all right, well, we're, we're scaling this thing. Um, we've proven that it works at scale. Um, and, you know, for us as a company, we believe that every grocer needs a fresh operating system. And so we're here to, to make that happen, to reduce all the food waste, to make the fresh food fresher, increase sales, and really enable the retail industry, the grocery industry to thrive and win um, in the 21st century in fresh food. Yeah, Matt. So I'm going to pressure on that a little bit. Maybe we'll put the cherry on the top of this interview, pun intended too. Um, um, you know, as, as an entrepreneur too, I'm sure you had this moment too, as you were doing those deployments, you know, and pick your client if you want, or just talk about it more broadly. But, um, what was something you thought going in that as you went into the deployment, you were like, Oh crap, I really didn't understand that this was going to work this way. And you guys had to pivot or, or change something or some, you know, essentially what was a big lesson learned from, you know, one of these deployments that you could share with the audience? I feel very, 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 very fortunate that for us, we've never pivoted the company or, or substantially pivoted the technology. Um, we have kind of slowly expanded over time. I'd say to answer your question, be candid about it. The first surprise, the first experience we had was when we were grad school students and we thought that we could just give a demand forecast. And I remember mm. this, we kind of had partnered with a R&D partner. They were willing to give us some data like, oh, there's some Stanford kids and AI for right. fresh. It sounds, yeah. sounds interesting. Um, and uh, we gave them a demand forecast and they were instantly said like, 
like, what the heck do you think we need this for? Like, yeah. I don't care about a forecast. I want to make better decisions. So then we say, okay, well, maybe we'll give the forecast to the store level employee. And then after spending now, literally as an organization, I think we've eclipsed 10,000 hours. Um, you know, we're now well over a hundred people um, in grocery stores. Uh, we've come to learn that, again, that full ecosystem, that full system, not just the AI, but also the store level workflow, the tool, all of that needs to come into place to be successful. I mm -hmm. say that was the big aha moment. And then we realized, oh gosh, like if we really want to build something incredible here, there's a lot, there's a lot to go build. Um, and so, yeah. That's an awesome answer. That's actually probably, that's why I wanted to ask that question too, because I actually think that's a common mistake. A lot of tech, we talked to a lot of, I mean, and how many, we probably talked to a hundred yeah. tech companies a year in the retail space. And I think that's one of the things I think a lot of them miss is that there's so much more to a retail technology implementation than just the technology itself. It's how does it go into the workflow of the organization and what are all the what are all the parts around it that have to be built up to make sure it's successful and you get the buy-in in the right way. So that's a great point, Matt. Thanks for, thanks for telling us that. Yeah. yeah. I think you got to be, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. And especially now with the pressure that the store staff is under, I think to understand how technology can help become part of the, pro the everyday processes to make them simpler instead of, you know, just being another add on it's another human game. Yeah. It's a, yeah, I think, um, it's unfortunate, I think history of technology, and I try as much as I can within our culture to never fall guilty of this, is just, there's an underappreciation for how complex the grocery industry is and how hardworking it is. I mean, it is a miracle, and there's some great Atlantic articles and this, the miracle of the grocery industry in the US about feeding the whole country with all this food on such slim margins, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's remarkable how hard the work is. And I think there's a deep need for technology providers to be so empathetic with the store level users, but also folks in the information technology parts of the business and engineering, how to do an integration. The whole, given the nature of the industry and how competitive it is, a lot of people are asked to do a lot with very little. Mm -hmm. And so you always have to be thoughtful about the system design, but also in the partnership model and how you work with retailers to drive towards a successful um, partnership. Because at the end of the day, um, there is that fundamental nature of, of bringing technology into the industry that it is a partnership. And so that empathy and being really thoughtful about every element of it is something that I think is really important. Yeah. Well, the passion really comes through. Yeah. I mean, definitely in this interview, I could feel the passion from like, that's how we start. That's why I want to start that way in the opening. Cause I had a feeling in talking to you, that was going to be the case. So yeah, I can see that there's been a lifelong dedication to the topic that you're uh, talking about with us yeah. today. So, all right, man, well, that, that closes us up. Thanks for, thanks for a great interview. My question for you, um, we're, we're releasing this during shop talk. So for those of you, of you that are maybe out at shop talk, that want to get in touch with Matt, Matt, what's the best way for them to do that? And in general as well. Yeah, so I would say at Shop Talk specifically, I'm going to uh, uh, put Madison. She's one of our uh, sales folks. She's out there. I'll put her on the spot. Her emails uh, just Madison at afresh.com, M-A-D-I-S-O-N at afresh.com. Um, you can reach out to us at hello at afresh.com, and we have a bunch of, uh, of forms that you can submit to contact sales or, con or receive a demo on our website that I encourage folks to go to. For me personally, I'm Matt Schwartz on LinkedIn. Uh, 
feel free to reach out. Love to say hello. Um, and we'd love to partner with any retailers that are interested in bringing fresh first technology into their business to be the best in fresh and to eliminate food waste. So I'm super grateful for you having me on the show. It's been a lot of fun and grateful for anybody who reaches out and is interested in what we're doing. Awesome. Well, you heard it here first, folks. And again, thanks to Matt co-founder and CEO of Afresh. Thanks for sitting down with us today on behalf of Matt, Ann, and myself. We hope everyone enjoys Shop Talk this week. And as always, be careful out there.